Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll answer the age-old question, should churches welcome transvestites in the church service? So Tim, as we kick this episode off, what uh, Bible verse do you have for us? Deuteronomy 22.5 says that a woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. <laughs> That's a, you know, as you're reading that verse, um, I have a few thoughts. I have a few different thoughts. It's number one, and this is sort of like a off topic comment, but it's really funny to me that you can have a Bible verse like that and people will, you know, people will say, Hey, you know, we, we're just not very clear on what that means. You know, that's, right. just, that's just not a clear Bible. you're taking that out of context, you know, like that. Let's be real. That verse is pretty straightforward. You know, no one's ever looking at, you know, um, you know, love, love your God and love your neighbor as yourself and saying, Hey, we're, we're just not sure what that verse means, you know? Yeah. So instantaneously with that kind of thing, what they'll do is they'll try to, you know, basically make it fuzzy. And I've learned that like, if, if you're talking to someone who's trying to make a verse fuzzy, like, like, like I, I really have no patience or no interest to listen to, you know, almost anything you say at that point, you know, related to this topic, unless you can tell me like what this verse means. And so that's just kind of a pro tip that I've just like, I've trained myself to ignore people who are going to try to deconstruct Bible verses. And even conservative minded Christians can do this, particularly as it relates to things like this. And so like instantaneously they'll, you know, they'll say, you know, how do you even define a woman's garment? How do you even define a man's garment or whatever else? Right. Right. And so there's some subjectivity to that. Men used to wear robes. And so, you know, who's to say what's what, um, it's, as far as those scenes are concerned, but as you're talking about transvestites, like there's no clarity, lack of clarity whatsoever, you know, as we're talking about this kind of topic, like a transvestite is intentionally and knowingly dressing the exact opposite, you know, as what society would expect them to dress, you know, as a you know, member of their, you know, biological sex, dressing the exact opposite of that. Right. And, you know, my second, my second thought 
with this verse as you're reading that is it's so funny that our society well i guess you know it's not really necessarily funny it's it's tragic in a lot of ways but um you know this idea that uh you know men who are taking on taking and wearing women's clothes and you know the same with women wearing men's clothes it's seen as something that you know, by many people in in the current society that we live in they demand that it's that it be celebrated right like it's almost right. it's it's almost like a virtuous you know it's a it's not even like a morally neutral thing it's like a morally good thing that they're doing but then the bible you know is being very clear and and honestly it almost comically concise <laughs> with with right. you know how resolute god is in condemning it and not only is he condemning it but he he's basically taking this idea that a man uh a man who wears a woman clothes is one of the absolute worst things that you could ever possibly do. It's not even just a bad thing. It's like one of the worst things you could do. Yeah. I mean, it's called an abomination essentially. And like in the, you know, we like we're mercilessly trained to view this as normal. Like it's so much so to where, you know, you have like drag queen story hours that are happening where you have like something like you, you have like a man dressed as a woman and not even just any kind of woman. Right. So like a drag queen story hour, it's not like a like a man dressed as like a respectable lady or something. It's like you have a man dressed like a female prostitute. essentially. Right. Yeah. And you're parading that in front of kids in a way that like if you just had like a female dressed like the man, most of these parents would be just like absolutely scandalized by that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the thought of like a female, like if it was a female, like, you know, prostitute, you know, making sexual provocative poses and all that in front of kids, everyone would run her out of there. But then because it's a man doing it, we're supposed to one, pretend he's a woman and then pretend like it's normal. And so much so that, I mean, you, you know, but the Bible is saying at that point that like, this is an abomination essentially, like it's, as you said, one of the worst things that, that can happen in the same way. Like, you know, Leviticus eighteen twenty two says, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Uh, you, you, in you know, as you're reading through the Old Testament, you're going to find that a lot of like, like some of the worst like kind of practices, abominable practices that these nations are performing are described in this language of abomination, and like these are the practices that God will act in judgment on a society. So he's he's acting in judgment on you know the Canaanites and the individuals in the Promised Land because they're committing these abominable practices, and he's saying that the land itself is vomiting up vomiting them out of the land because of their iniquity, because of all the abominable practices that they're practicing. And he tells the Israelites, you shall not engage in these same abominable practices, the things that I destroyed these nations uh, for doing. And so this is one of those things. And, you know, because we're so like trained, like as a society to normalize it and to view it as normal, like we get desensitized to how bad this actually is. But then our kids know Right. Mm -hmm. You know, my kids, when they see like, you know, a man dressed as a woman or a woman dressed as a man, they instantaneously feel very uncomfortable and very odd. And right. like they, they will point at them and say, hey, why are they doing that? And I don't even have an impulse to tell them to stop. You know, I don't have an impulse to say, oh, shh, 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 don't say it. You know, don't say that. I'm just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is weird. You know, freaking me out. And I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any effort to, I don't have some impulse to say, oh, that's impolite. It's like a kid knows that. Like, you know, so our kids know that this yeah, is my, strange. My, my kids are the same way. They, you know, sometimes my oldest, my oldest daughter, she'll take her 
hair bows and stuff and, and put them in my beard and then laugh because she know <laughs> because she knows that it's not, you know, it's not like what I would ever wear. It's, right. it's weird, you know, and then she'll point and say, you know, daddy's wearing my bows. <laughs> you know, it's like she, she, she's two and she understands that there's a difference between the way, you know, that I dress and the way that her mom dress and the way that she dresses. Well, my, my daughter, um, she was asking me if she could bring a toy to church today. So she's like four, my daughter, Vivian. And so she was asking me if you can bring a toy to church. And I've, I always tell her, you know, you're not allowed to bring toys to church because I don't want her playing with the toys during the, you know, the service or whatever. And, and so I know that's going to be a temptation for her. So I just tell her, don't bring it in there. Cause I don't want her playing with the toy during the church service. I don't want her to lose it and then get upset. And then, you know, most of the time they'll like, if they do bring one there, and they're not playing with it in the church service, and they start playing with it afterwards or something like that, like they'll leave it in the church. And by the time we get out to the van, then they'll all be like, oh, we want to get our toy or whatever. And so, but then she was asking me like, um, can I bring this toy? And I was like, no, you can't. She's like, but dad, but dad, my best friend, her cousin Wilder, my best friend, I always play toys with him after church and he only has boy toys. <laughs> he, only, <laughs> he only has boy toys. Yeah, and, and if I'm going to play with him, I don't want to play with his boy toys. And so I need to bring a girl toy. And I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. All right. <laughs> Just put it, put it mom's purse. Put, put it mom's purse. <laughs> put it mom's purse, man. But I don't want you to, you know, do uh, children transvestiteism there. So. Yeah. So, so our society, our society tries to obscure this and make it like and normalize it right and and even like i was saying earlier almost like a morally good thing to do not not just morally neutral you do you do you i'm gonna do me but like a morally good thing um but then the yeah the bible is saying the absolute opposite in every way calling it an abomination right which is which is like the worst of the worst right right um so so clearly this is this is like not a good thing to God to to put it to put it lightly this is not a good thing to God but but okay the you know so i'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening to us who would probably agree with all of that stuff you know and and would say yes you know all of that's evil it's bad we should tell people to stop doing it we should not encourage it in any way but when it comes to the question of should you allow that kind of person in during your, your, um, your, your worship service, um, you know, they, they might disagree with like, they, you know, I could see a lot of people saying no, but I could see a lot of this, a lot of similar people who agree in most things saying, yes, you should let them in, you know? And so, so when it comes to that question, what is what is your answer? Yeah, I think it's one of those um, questions that like it's obviously a question you're not allowed to ask in certain ways. And so, what's happened is just you're, we're trained by society to view uh, transvestites essentially through this like, like filter of like innocence essentially. So, like you, you know, you have obviously. Um, this used to be considered like a mental disorder. So this used to be considered like 
like some sort of like brain quasi brain problem that an individual is suffering right. from that like functionally they can't help. And, you know, they're suffering from gender dysphoria and all that. And a lot of people who comment on like this kind of question that we're asking, like essentially they're viewing them through this language of they're suffering from like, you know, like there's like, there's like drag Queens, right. On the one hand who are just out there for attention and all that. And like, they know what they're doing. And then you have like the real, like the real, like, people with gender dysphoria kind of thing. And so in their mind, there's like a category of a, you know, just a person who is doing this thing the Bible describes as an abomination, but they're doing it because they have some sort of broken brain or something like that. And so in that way, they're viewed as a victim. And then you have all like the victim rules, like you can't shame the victim, you can't blame the victim, you can't hold the victim accountable, you have to be patient with the victim. So you have that kind of reaction that people have to that kind of question. And then you have also like, like you're trained to view them as vi- like victim classes in general as society. So like as a society, we're, we're all trained to view all these sexual de- deviant things, all these things that God describes as abominations. We're trained to view them through the language of victimization. And even if we push back against that in certain ways, like th- these kind of questions will expose that that's where we're still at emotionally. You're still trained to view them as kind of like a victim and and so you have to give them a pass on that. And then like you also have like feeding into this question, like the whole seeker sensitive kind of approach to church anyways, right? So like church is fundamentally first and foremost for the non-believer mm-hmm. to come. And then like if you add like an Arminian filter on that, then like this is their chance to hear the gospel, right? Right. So this is their chance to hear the gospel. So the service is for Unbelie- like primarily for unbelievers to come in order to hear the gospel. And this is maybe the only chance they ever have in order to hear the gospel. And so you don't want to do anything to stand in the way of them having their chance to hear the gospel because that may be the only chance they get. Okay. Now, now if you're asking, well, how do you answer a question like this? Well, like before I answer it, let's just like consider other scenarios. Okay. Okay. So like you have a, you have a KK, you have a Klansman come in. With his hood and full clan garb, garb, do you let him in? To, <laughs> do you let him in your service? I like, I think that's probably to hear a, the gospel. Like I he think, wants to hear the gospel. <laughs> I think that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> so most people, I think, like most people, don't have an answer to this. I, I mean, I asked this on Twitter, and no one actually really gave me a good answer to like this dilemma that I'm presented, right? And so, like, what about a nudist, right? So, like, a nudist comes to your church. Definitely not the nudist. For sure not the nudist. Right? You know, so when I say that, then some people have to, like, ask, well, you know, are they clothed? It's like, no, I'm talking about a nudist. Like, a nudist comes to your church. No, a faithful nudist. Not the not the those faithful. fake poser nudists. The, real, the real deal. Do you let them in? Like, you know. They've got, their, so, they've like, got some skin in the game, man. <laughs> But you think about it, like, think about that, like in both scenarios, like something just, so everyone has a category for turning people away, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What what if a person came into your church service with a shirt on that says, I hate Yahweh? (laughs) Uh, I'm (laughs) like, uh, that's probably, you know, like, hey man, take the shirt off. Put a different okay. shirt right. on and come back. Well, someone <laughs> comes into your church with a shirt on that says, we need to exterminate all Christians. 
change change the shirt <laughs> and then you know we're gonna have someone sit next to you <laughs> what if they had like a swear like a profanity like you know bleep god or something like that on the shirt <laughs> Are you just trying to think of like every possible thing that uh, so I'm just I'm just trying to say like like I'm just trying to establish a point here that like okay like <laughs> there are people like what whatever you wear it, like is sending certain messages right right so I so so like there's a lot of different like hypothetical messages that I came up with like in the <laughs> core most of which were on the fly but I mean like there's some messages there that you say hey like like in in almost every one of those scenarios, so like the KKK, the the nudist, right? Yeah. The nudist, the KKK, the you know, I hate God, I want to kill Christians, like the, you know, all that, right? Like all like there's certain messages that they're communicating, and like immediately what you think in your mind is they have an agenda that they're bringing into this place, like into the service that's supposed to be about God, right? Right. So you have an alternate agenda. Uh, now, like, like in every single one of those things, then what you're like, what you like in most of those things you're processing, maybe not the, like the nudist kind of scenario, but on, on all the other ones, you're processing immediately. Okay. There's some foreign agenda that's being brought into this place, right? Mm -hmm. That like, this is like a demand that this individual is performing, to like, they're not just coming like sincerely with a sincere heart to hear about God, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so instantaneously, what you know is you know that there's some other agenda they're bringing in that they're demanding you accept, right? Right. And so, like, instead of just coming to worship God, like this, like these are all moments where these individuals have a statement to make, and they're there to be the show. They're not there to bow their knee to God and allow God to be the center of attention. They're trying to be the center of attention in every single one of those. And then with the nudist, I mean, like you have very real, like you have that kind of thing. This is a statement that's being made, but then you also have a, like a concern for the safety of everyone around you. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like this is the like Lord's house this is Lord's day. We need to be listening to the Lord. Like, like we need to um, like, this is a, a day about him. We come to worship him and you're a distraction to that. Right. Right. So like you're, you're making, um, you're, you're being a distraction to everyone else around you. You're being a source of temptation to everyone around you in the same way that like, you know, the person wearing the KKK garb, like instantaneously, you know, like, okay, you're wearing a KKK garb. Everyone's going to have trouble like focusing on you and our, you know, the, um, our, like, are, is everyone safe in this? Are you going to, like, what are you doing? Are you coming here to start a war? You know, or you, start, you, you have guns underneath <laughs> your robe? Like, what's going on? Like, right. And so, like, in every single, what I'm trying to say is, like, there are scenarios that people can imagine to where someone comes and instantaneously you think to yourself, they're not coming, eight, one, they're not coming in good faith. And then, two, they're coming as a demand, right? Uh, it's a demand and it's a distraction. And, you know, there might be a wide variety of situations that you could think of. Where, like, no, like, like, um, you're welcome to come, but you're not welcome to come engaging in high-handed rebellion against the Lord in your very act of what you're doing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, you can think about the same thing. Like, let's say, like, a, you know, a same-sex couple walks in holding hands bravely, like, bravely holding hands as they walk into the, <laughs> you know, I'm using brave in quotes there, but, uh, but like, same-sex couple, quote-unquote couple, 
bravely, quote unquote, holding hands <laughs> as they come in. They have an agenda, like, you know, like they have an agenda that they're bringing into this worship service that they're demanding you accept. And so like, you have to think about like, what are we, how do we respond to things like that? And I think that's like, whatever, like you have to have some sort of category for saying, Hey, you're not coming in good faith. And you know what? You're not going to commit an abomination in our presence. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and expect us to tolerate. Right. So, but then what, I mean, what's the difference surely in your mind, there's some kind of difference between, you know, the transvestite person coming in or the, the gay quote unquote couple coming in, you know, bravely, <laughs> like you said, <laughs> um, what's the different, you know, like that's all sin, right? But sure. then, you know, what's the difference between that and the person, you know, who is completely addicted to alcohol or watching porn, for example, you know, so like, okay. Are you know are, are are we supposed to say hey drunkard come back when you've stopped being a drunkard and then you can join the church or okay what's your response to you know because that's going to be right, pushed you're talking back. about yeah I mean you're talking about visitors but then what we're doing is we're we're equivocating essentially okay 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 so like I mean if you have the porn addict who's walking into your church service with an LCD screen taped to his like shirt or whatever that is. Uh, filled with porn mm -hmm. then you might say hey you know take that screen off put it in the car <laughs> right? like you can go, <laughs> throw it in the garbage can <laughs> like you i like, have a so sledgehammer we can smash it <laughs> right right so like the issue is there's some there's a sin being committed in the moment like, so you have sinners who have any number of sins that like sinners are welcome at church right sinners are sinners are welcome to church but then they're not obviously welcome indefinitely with no strings attached mm -hmm. meaning just come as you are stay as you are whatever but certainly like come to come to me you know you who are heavy laden and you know bowed down with iniquity and i'll give you what rest and all that right so certainly like yes like you know a, like a porn addict is welcome to come to church but in maybe he'll hear the gospel maybe he'll be repent maybe he'll repent sure right mm -hmm. so just some standard but he's not welcome to come and to watch porn during the service Right. Mm -hmm. So if you see him sitting in an aisle watching porn, you escort him out, right? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In the same way, a drunk, yeah, a drunk is welcome to come, but he's not welcome to come as a drunk. Right. You can't come with your bottle being fully wasted. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So no, no, like just go clean up, get sober, come back. Okay. Right. Like, I mean, that doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It means like you're not going to like make a spectacle of yourself here by falling all over yourself, right? Like breathing on people, doing weird things because you're out of your mind in the moment, right? So if you're high, like get unhigh, come back <laughs> next time. Be, okay. <laughs> get low and then come back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, so you can't just sit there and smoke, smoke weed in the service, right? <laughs> you, can't, you can't blaze up. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't can't do that. Like, and so, like, in the same way, like, if you're like, so you're the gay couple, you're the gay couple, so to speak. You can't come in here and flaunt that in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. you can't come in here holding your hands, you know, bravely flaunting that in front of everyone. Like now, like if you're like one member of that couple, you come here, and like, um, 
we don't know that. You're not flaunting that in front of everyone, right? Right. That's fine. I mean, if you start hitting on people in our service, then we should call you out on it. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the the, the same thing with, like, the transvestite. Like, or, yeah, I mean, you're not welcome to cross-dress in our service. Mm-hmm. Go put on something appropriate. So, just yeah. like just like the KKK member, he's not welcome to wear that outfit to church. Like, he could come. Like, he could come, like, as a dressed in a normal outfit. And still be a racist. <laughs> and still be a racist. So a racist can come to our church, right? So mm-hmm. racists are welcome to our church. Sexually deviant people are welcome to attend, right? Like, they're welcome to attend. But you're not going to commit abominations in the presence of the assembly. That's the point. I, I just know that someone's going to take a clip of of you right there, Tim, where it just says racists are welcome at our church. <laughs> they're, they're just going to isolate that by itself and say, see, I told I told you they're terrible people. You know, they let racists no, but, in their church. <laughs> OK, f- but like that's that's the whole. So like that's where. OK, like that's a significant point you're making, though. Like, like that's like that's that's a very significant feature of um, what the the nature of this discussion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think about that. Like, I, if I were to say a racist is welcome at our church, I've just like I've just said something like horrible, right? In the minds of many and, people. Yeah, in the minds of some people. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but the in the minds of that same person, the same people that would be scandalized by that thought. If I were to say a a crossdresser is not welcome at our church, those same people would be scandalized by that thought. Yeah, they would want to come flip all the tables. They would want to come flip all the tables, and and what that tells you is that th- like this discussion is not about principle that we're having. Right. You, you, like it's not about like any kind of logical consistency. It's not about principle. It's not about like what does the Bible say about this. Like they have a total like what they're trained to do is like they have a category of villain, right? Mm-hmm. So so. Like the like you know we know who the villains are pedophiles are the villain racists are the villain for now right? for now for now for now pretty soon <laughs> they won't right right but like we like so like you know is a pedophile welcome to come to your church service <laughs> right yeah uh-huh. all right so how many how many big famous pastors have gotten in trouble for you know marrying ex you know pedophiles right you know so like here's the thing like. But they have a category for excluding people. Right. But the issue is – so it's, it's not that they don't have a category for excluding people. The issue is who is going to be excluded. What classes of people must you include and show sympathy to? And what classes of people must you kick out, right? So can Donald Trump come to your church? Yeah. Yeah, Donald. <laughs> he can come. <laughs> All right. Not to those people, right? <laughs> so the people who'd be scandalized by saying, hey, no, like a crossdresser should be like prohibited entrance into your church and told to get like respectable, like tire, non-abom- not, to not commit an abomination in the assembly. Those people wouldn't want Trump in there. They wouldn't want racists in there, right? Right. They have a list of people they wouldn't want in the church service. And so we're not operating under principle. We're just basically taking our cues from what society tells us to take. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not about it's basically like they have an idea of like a protected class, class. in society. Right. right. And you're violating their idea of what is a protected class. And so when so when you say when you say something like, hey, you know, a person, a man who's dressed like a woman and not even dressed like a normal woman, but dressed like a stripper woman, you know, when you say you're not allowed in our church 
when you look like that. Essentially, they might as well be hearing you to say like, hey, you're not allowed in our church because of the color of your skin. Right. 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 Or, right. or so, like, or like, Hey, you're not allowed in our church cause you look poor. Right. <laughs> yeah. So their view. So that's, what the, so part of what's happening is like when you demand that people view these things as an identity that can't be helped. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you're discriminating against them as a person. Right. And, but then those are the very things that are at contention here. Like those. Are, so like, it's not true that that KKK man was born that way. I mean, I guess he was if you count like being born into sin. I'm looking for loopholes at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but he wasn't born with that KKK outfit on. Right. Yeah. I mean, like meaning, I mean, they, his parents may have put it on him like from like, <laughs> 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 and you know maybe it's like a Mandalorian thing. He can't take it off, you know, or else like it violates his religion. <laughs> But I mean, like you think about how absurd of a thought that is, like that's his permanent identity now that he's permanent. Like, so like what you're, you, you have like special rules for this class of like sexual deviants, right? Mm-hmm. To where you have to treat them in different way instead of just like being learned behavior. Like everyone's conceived in sin, everyone's conceived in iniquity, but then like what you, like you have to create special rules. Like, and so like, this is who I am, man. Like I am a KKK. Like that's who I am. That's who I am. Like, I was born this how, way. How, I was born this way. As long as I can remember, I was a KKK person. And, you know, like I, I, I just like, you know, f- f- from a very early age, like, you know, I, I always I hated knew. black people. <laughs> I always knew. Oh, I knew. I knew I, I was not knew. like other boys. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I always to get along. knew. <laughs> I always knew, you know, from early age. So I mean, that's absurd, man. Like that's absurd. Like it, no, no, like that's stupid, you know. And so, like you say, hey, you know, like um, no one who hates his brother is born of God. Like no, you know, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Mm-hmm. Like so, this is a behavior. Like and, and you're not, you don't like you treat it like that. You say, hey, you're not just because like you're internally pulled towards this hatred and you can't figure out how to stop this hatred that isn't who you have to be right right and you're not going to you know express that in like in our congregation so like that's not the way this works right so like it so like the issue is on the other side of things right with mm-hmm. with a crossdresser you know with a transvestite or whatever like what we are tra- we have to like we're told we have to view this as some sort of permanent identity and then if we say hey you know wear the right clothes you're not going to commit an abomination here then instantaneously people think okay well man you've just kind of rejected who they are it's like yeah that's exactly what i did i rejected who you are who you're choosing to be right mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know this is not like me picking on you for being mentally handicapped or something like that this is within your control. You can choose what kind of clothes you want to wear and which kind of clothes you, you're not going to wear. And we're not going to validate your delusion and you're not going to come in here and flex on us as a church and say, I know that you're against this, but you you must accept me. It's like, no, we don't. We don't have to accept you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess you could just make the argument like, hey, you know, look. So just thinking through the thinking through the um, the situation for a minute. You know, if you're if you're the kind of if you're a person, you're a man who thinks you're a woman and you dress that way normally. But then you think to yourself, for whatever reason, hey, I'm going to go to, you know, the first church that I see this morning. You know, I I just 
for some reason I, I really want to go. And it's not even like a, it's not like a, Hey, so that I can domineer over them and demand that they accept me. It's just like a, Hey, you know, I have been feeling a little guilty lately. Maybe I need to sure. go and check out what this is all about. Right. You sure. would, you would think in that kind of situation, the person would, the person would say like, I'm not going to dress how I normally dress right now. Sure. Right. Like if, if they were, if they were coming, if they were coming because they legitimately felt guilty for whatever reason they were coming because they wanted to, you know, say, Hey, I just want to see what this is actually about and like just see it for myself and not have other people describe it to me. Um, I, I want to hear what the actual gospel is. I want to see what these people are like. You would think that in that kind of situation, if you want to hear the genuine truth that you would say, I'm going to respect these people enough to, even though I don't agree, like, I think it's totally fine to wear whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want, you know, like I don't agree with them. I am going to subject myself to their rules because I'm coming into their space. Right. Sure. I mean, I, I think there's like different categories of people that you can think through here. So, okay. Like, I mean, you have like the out, like you have the crazy drag queen kind of person, um, like the, or like you have drag queen on the extreme end of things to where sure. they're dressing like prostitutes or something like that, um, you know. And shortly behind that, you have like the Dylan Mulvaney kind of guy who's just dressing like overtly like feminine, like in your face kind of feminine kind of thing, right? Yeah. And so then, I mean, I imagine that you, you know, maybe on the girl end of things, like if you had like a um, like typically like you have like guy transvestites and girl transvestites essentially. And then when the girls are doing it, they're more, a lot more toned down. Right. In general. Yeah. yeah. Like in terms of they're not um, in your face, like trying to. It's normally just the, more tomboyish kind of thing. More tomboyish kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think there's obviously some sort of spectrum that you're operating on when you're talking about these kind of things, but like in the out and out, like, yeah, I'm sure that like if a, if a prostitute were going to come to church, like you can imagine that, like she's not going to dress maybe in full prostitute mode. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like she may tone it down to be more respectful. She may not know what modesty is, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she'd at least tone it down some, you know. So in that kind of way, um, so like you know, maybe maybe there's some scenarios where you know, like something like that could happen, like in in the sense of like it wouldn't be just like you know, full on drag queen story hour mode or something like that, you know, and I would hope that at least with, um, Christian's impulses, if you're in full on drag queen story hour mode, at least they would kick in at that point. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Like bare uh, minimum, can, at least have that standard. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, like, I, I think if you're like dealing with someone like Ellen page, uh, Ellen page, who's, you know, now gone through full gender reassignment surgery and dressing like Elliot and something like that, uh, dressed up like an Elliot, you know, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. It may be that they, there could be cases where they fly under the radar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just don't Do, even realize. Like you realize, say something's off here, but I, how confident am I that something's off? And I don't know, you know, so. And there's no way to verify it. And so like in those kind of cases where it's just like, like that kind of thing, like I, I don't know that you can maybe respond to everything at the moment, you know, like in, in, in the sense of you just may not know. I mean, you may suspect it may be just like very obvious. <laughs> uh, something's off here, right? 
So, I mean, I think in the cases where like it is very obvious, I think that's where you have a conversation. In the yeah. cases where, like, there may be like rare cases where it'd be borderline, and you know, you just what do you do? I don't know. Like, you, you don't know. You, you don't know what you're dealing with at that point. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, if we're being realistic, you know, there's just going to be times where things you don't, you don't either don't have enough time to address something, or you don't realize what's happening until you're already in the middle of a service or something. You know, so it's. So it's not like a there's like a trans a transvestite scanner at the door at the door you know <laughs> that you're running everybody through. <laughs> I, I think when it's like the man men it's more obvious. Yeah, it's, you know? yeah, yeah. It's typically more obvious, and I think you you know that's a good opportunity to address it. But then I think with the women, like there could be scenarios where maybe they fly under the radar, kind of thing, right? For a little bit, right? But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, so I I can imagine that. Um, I think the but then back to the substance of what you're saying, like like what like like I guess the question the operative question is, is this always like a flex, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like is there any I would say most of the time it's probably a flex. Mm-hmm. Especially given any, in, in our current society. I mean, it's not like people right. are completely unaware of Christianity. Yeah, so you would think like in most reasonable cases, like like people know that the church is against this kind of thing. Yeah. And so that's going to be a deterrent for that. And so that means that if you're going to overcome that, this is a flex, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- most of the time this, this is like a, Hey, you know, what are you going to do now? And with threat of litigation, like if you turn me away, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to you know, ruin your life and that kind of thing. And at that point, I just think Christians just say, okay, do your worst. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not holding us hi- hi- hijack. Like you're not holding us captive. Like, like with threat of trying to ruin us, do do what you're gonna do, you know. Like uh, we're we're we're, but I mean, like in some kind of hypothetical, you know, scenario where, like, it doesn't dawn on the person that they need to, like, play by the rules, then like, um, and there is so, I would assume in sincerity, like maybe there's some possible situation where there is some sort of sincerity. I I still like, I I'm not a I'm not an Armenian. What do you mean? Like meaning, if God's at work at this person, God's at work in this person, and if the first thing I say to him is, "Hey, you want you know, um, like God calls every man, everyone, everywhere to repentance," and that's part of this discussion that you're not really allowed to have. And so, like, what what this principle is violating is the idea that you have to like invest in people for long periods of time before you're able to like earn an opportunity to speak to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Jesus doesn't really operate that way. I mean, like the first thing he says to people is like, go and sin no more. Right. Mm-hmm. So people can come to him, but they're not going to come to him in the midst of sinning and they're not going to rub their sin in his face. And then they're not going to just sit there and say, Hey, you know, like you accept it indefinitely until you get the courage for talk to it. Jesus doesn't play by those rules. So any individual who is legitimately being drawn by the spirit, like a person who's legitimately being drawn by the spirit if someone says, "Hey, you like, um, you're welcome here, but you need to repent," like that's an act of love that that person just get did, right? Yeah, you're welcome here, but you need to repent of that, and you're not going to pray that abomination in front of us. But you know, if you repent of that, we'll welcome you. You right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like any person being drawn by the Spirit, they will take that well. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or even if they. Um don't don't they will think about it yeah they will and it'll lay there dormant for a little while and eventually you know it'll um bear fruit and they'll thank you yeah it'll bear fruit in the future at some point 
Um, right. So, what, what? But that's the whole issue here, right? And so, I mean, there's a you know variety of situations like this where Jesus doesn't like, like, and, and this is the principle people have to get their mind. Like, yeah, sinners are welcome to church, but they're not welcome to sin mm-hmm. in the assembly. Yeah. Right. So when Phineas basically, um, you know, a good example of this is like, um, you know, essentially the situation in the old covenant where you have like an Israelite bringing a, you know, a Midian, a Midianite woman into the assembly in order to have sex with her, like in front of the whole eyes of the whole congregation. And there's a plague that God is doing because they're having sex with these foreign women. And, you know, Phineas comes with a spear and runs him through in order to stop like the the plague that the Lord is unleashing on the whole society, right? So like you have instances where it's like, hey, you're not bringing that iniquity into the assembly. I mean, you have Jesus going into the temple and overturning the money changers, right? Yeah. Like the turning, overturning the tables and basically saying, you're taking my father's house and turning it into a den of thieves. That's not to say that like, hey, a thief is not welcome to come to church. Sure. Like uh, in order to, you know, quote unquote, hear about the gospel as if that's, really what most people are even doing when they go to church, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm coming to church. I'd like to hear about the gospel today, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but like like the, the issue is you're not allowed to bring that sin in here, right? Yeah. So you're not allowed, you're not going to rub all of our nose in it, like hold us all captive and say, hey, you must accept this and turn a blind eye to it and watch it. Like that's, like the issue is you can come, right? You can, Yeah, you can come. And there's no one is perfect, right? No one's perfect. Like we all have our own sin, but in this, you know, in this place, you're laying that aside. I, I could just imagine, you know, someone, someone there when Jesus is flipping the tables or, you know, when Phineas is running those two people through with a spear to, you know, get them to stop the sexual immorality that they're committing. I could just imagine someone who's there saying something along the lines of like, Phineas, no, we don't know what we don't know their hearts, <laughs> you know. Or <laughs> Jesus, no, we don't know we don't know the depths of their heart. What if she was coming to hear the gospel? Yeah, right. Yeah. She was, now, now they'll never hear. You know, no, they'll never hear the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like a you know, like obviously, I you know, obviously, like that's true. We don't always know people's hearts, but then if people tell you right through their actions, then right. it's a, typically a good idea to believe them. Right. Right. Um, so, but you know, all that to say there are a lot of people out there who, um, who basically are looking at all of this and they're saying, Hey, like you're just, you're, uh, you're being completely unloving, right. By, by not letting them in, in the middle of their sin. Right. Um, either, either you're being unloving or you're judging people by their outward appearances. I've seen, I've seen some people argue that, Hey, you, you know, we're not supposed to judge people by their outward appearances and you're judging them by their outward appearance and not letting them in because of the way they look. So because of that, like you're actually the one who's in sin. So is there any sense in which like that is an actual critique um, that because we're looking at a person and saying, Hey, you're dressed like a man when you're a woman or vice versa, then we are then, you know, judging someone by their outward appearance, not, you know, and using that to determine whether or not they can come and join the assembly of God. I mean, just think about the KKK person. <laughs> 
<laughs> the KKK. I, I refer back to Exhibit A, the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. So, uh, so here's the thing. I mean, like, what people wear says something. Okay. Right. And this is like this is what we used to know. Like, you used to know that like you send certain signals by the things that you wear. Like, and so like meaning like if you have a person dressed as a prostitute. I mean, Proverbs talks about like. The young man going to, you know, the woman who's dressed like a prostitute and Wally and Hart and all that. Like, she's sending a message. Like, you send a message by the way you dress. Right. Like, so, you can send a message that, like, I'm a slob. I don't care about, you know, anything. Like, you, you can send all sorts of messages. You can send a message that I'm, like, uh, sexually immoral, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, to use the language of a past generation, I'm easy, right? You can you can send those messages by what you wear, but what's demanded is that we ignore any message. Now, I mean, if you dress like a KKK person, KKK person, you're obviously sending a message. Like you send a message, you hate black people. We had, we got it, we got it loud and, loud clear, and clear. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you've communicated effectively, like through what you've wore. Like we received the message. You're you know you're a racist. We got it. All right. No, no, that's not a welcome message to bring into this place. So, I mean, like, you know, like that takes zero effort whatsoever to judge. If you're a man dressed as a woman, like you're sending a message, like I'm pretending to be something I'm not. I'm committing an abomination in the language of the Bible. So we don't have to, like, I don't have to judge your heart to know that you're you're doing something objectively the Bible calls an abomination. Right, right. right. So I, like, now, like, I... I can assume you're doing that as a flex. That would be a motive judgment. Or I can assume that like you're just completely clueless, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But sincere. All right. If you're completely clueless and sincere, then you won't mind me saying, hey, you're welcome here if you change. Mm -hmm. Because God calls what you're doing an abomination. And if the Holy Spirit is at work in your heart, then you're going to receive that. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, like in the same way that Jesus, like, so what all that's happening there is you have, instead of like, listen to like, come hang out first and then we'll give you like the message, repent and believe the good news. We're doing it on the front end. If you're sincere, if you're being drawn by the spirit, you'll receive it. If you're not sincere, you won't receive it. Right. Yeah. So like, this is just about like your view of God's sovereignty, like, and how does he work and what are the methods he's given you to use? So like, you know, if you're, if you're legitimately being drawn by the Holy Spirit to God, then what you need to hear is you need like the first person in your life to, to not say, look at you and say, Hey, you know, you go girl. What you need is like the first person to look at your life and say, Hey, go sin no more. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, like we're not, um, you're welcome here, but you're not welcome here to commit an abomination in our presence. And like, that's the first loving act that that person's like probably received. Right. Right. Now, I guess, you know, what about, I have, I have heard this critique too. So, okay. We're talking about loving the person. We're talking about telling the person the truth, right? Uh, the only sure. way, the only way they're going to know is if they hear the gospel, understand they're in sin. So, I mean, couldn't you make an argument that, Hey, if you're going to send them away from the church, you know, you're you're essentially saying, "Hey, don't come hear the gospel," right? <laughs> no, I mean, no. Um, I think what you're saying is you're saying, "Let me tell you the gospel right now," and the, and the gospel is the good news that if you repent of your sins and believe the good news, Jesus will save you. And so, like, this is a 
this is a assembly that's for the Lord and we're here to worship the Lord. And like, we're not here to bring sin in the midst of what we're doing. So, I mean, you could tell them that right there. They don't have to hear it special. Like, you know, after a, you know, a rock concert and, you know, a bunch of like emotional chords or something like that. And like, then, um, you know, after that, then especially from the pastor, like the issue is you could tell them right then. Uh huh. But that's hard. That's hard. It's easier to just let the pastor do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm not suggesting like that. What you say is like, get out of here, pervert. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. You dirty racist. (laughs) I I think, you know, like, Hey, look, um, like racism is a sin. Like racist. Like, what would you say? The KKK guy? Hey, yeah. Like racism is a sin that's repugnant to God. Like hating people on the basis of their skin color and you know dressing up in an outfit that um, basically um, tells certain classes of people that you hate them. That's that's objectively wrong, and you're not going to do that here, right? Right. Like we love the Lord, we love you, we love you enough to tell you that you need to like turn from that. And like, hey, you're I don't know what you look like under that hood, right? <laughs> you're welcome back you know like if you want to come here with sincerity but you're not welcome here like to put on a show right right not welcome like like like, we're not going to respond to that kind of thing here right like that has no place here so you 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 as a person you're welcome here if you but you're not welcome here like to like parade sin in front of all of our faces and so i mean that's what you say and so i mean you say hey like jesus down on the cross to forgive people like you right and to change people like you is hard and he can cleanse you from the other most. Like maybe you've you've never known anything different than what you've you've experienced here. But he can cleanse you to the other most. He can change that wretched racist heart of yours, right? Um, if you repent of your sins and believe what Jesus did, like you could be a new person. I and mean, you could say that's the same thing to them. They don't have to hear it from the pastor, especially after like, you know, three emotional songs or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially it's you know, and, and it's kinda of going back to what you're saying, um, with the whole like you don't have to you don't have to work to to earn the right to be heard right you can just jesus jesus didn't the apostles didn't the prophets didn't they just told people the truth right and i mean same thing for the nudist right same thing for the nudist you need to take your wretched naked heart away from here and Uh, no Um, you're welcome here with clothes right you're You're welcome welcome here you're welcome to come hear the gospel once you put clothes on but i'll i'll tell you the gospel now and i'm i'm just gonna put my hand you know right here so i can only see you from the from the neck up (laughs) i got a choir robe for you to wear i've got a choir robe for you to wear uh, no, no, I didn't get it from the KKK guy who came earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, essentially it's just, I mean, essentially that that's kind of getting at a issue that we won't expand on right now, but just this idea that a lot of, a lot of Christians and um, really, honestly, I'd be willing to say probably even just the majority of Christians, like 90% at, and that, I think that's probably still being generous uh, probably, probably never share the gospel or hardly ever share the gospel. And they view the church service as their excuse to get people to hear the gospel. So but that's what it's about. That's, that is what it's about. Right. Like, that's what it's about. Right. Totally. Like, like, I don't want to do this myself. 
it has to be done in an impersonal, indirect way. Right, right. right. Yeah, where the, that's essentially going to shield me from any sort of pushback or whatever. So I'm and just the gonna, pastor too, right? So right, right, because you can't. It's not like a a one on one dialogue that you can have with the person. It's just like a hey, you're going to go sit down and you're going to hear it, and then you do whatever you want with that, you know. But but um, yeah, people people really do view the church service as like a this is this is how they're going to hear the gospel and you know i think in a lot of christians think they're being really brave when they're when they're inviting people to come visit their church who they know who they know are probably not christians right they think they're they think they're being really brave and they're doing exactly what god wants them to do which i mean you know i want to say there's nothing wrong with inviting someone to come visit your church right there's nothing there's nothing inherently wrong about that, but then it is. Yeah. I mean, it is, if it's a cloak for a vice, essentially. Right. Right. So there's nothing inherently wrong with it, but then if you're using it as like a, you're doing it so that you don't have to share the gospel, the gospel with well, them. Well, that's what everyone is. So that's the whole thing. Everyone is using like invite them. Like if you were to tell people like, you know, we need to be about the great commission. We need to make disciples instantaneously in their mind. What they hear is invite people to church. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they hear. It's like, that's not what I said. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Like we need to evangelize more. (laughs) Like we need to evangelize more. What do they hear? Invite people to church. If you, if you just set out, like you set them out to do that task, what they're going to do is invite people to church. And it's like, you didn't listen to what I said. Right. Yeah. You can invite them to church after you share the gospel with them, (laughs) share the gospel. And and then, and then you can invite them to church right after. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, like the church is is not for unbelievers in that way. So I mean, like what you come to the church and you're witnessing a feeding of the sheep. Like, right. So like you know, in your standard church, like if like your standard church shouldn't be having a altar call with um, the same you know fifty two like two south ways to get saved kind of messages every week. I mean, if you're going verse by verse in the Bible, every single message in the Bible is not like an invitation to be saved every week. Right. So like, that's, that's just not what it is. Like, and, and I mean, that's not what it should be. And if that's what it is, then you're probably, I've never like, you're like, like there's more in the Bible than just how to be reconciled with your maker. Right. Um, so, you know, everything in some sense connects back to the gospel, but every single message is not like 52 salvation messages, 52 ways to be justified every week. And so like, this is like, this is a feeding of a sheep, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you have an outsider or an unbeliever come enter into your assembly, there should be like a knowledge that, Hey, yeah, like you're witnessing something that really isn't for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is a feeding of a sheep here. This is about God. This is not for you. And like, and that's what people can't, like we're so seeker sensitive, like in our mind with all this stuff that we think that like the church service is for unbelievers. It's not for unbelievers. Church service is for God. Right. Yeah. It's not even, you know, I think a lot of people would even be fooled into saying, Hey, you know, it's not for unbelievers. It's for believers. Right. And it's like, well, no, 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 that's not true either. Right. It's for God, like you said. And so, yeah, this is for God. And what we're doing here is we're equipping his sheep right right we're worshiping him and equipping his sheep that's what we're doing right okay well um that's all the questions i have for you tim is there anything that you want to say uh in closing and summary or anything like that yeah i mean i I think definitely when you're talking about a topic like this is obviously the kind of topic that there's uh, a lot of people who just will respond in an emotional way but i do think that like just thinking through those different categories of individuals i think everyone has some sort of breaking point when it comes to this yeah to where there's some sort of something that someone can do it's no longer protected right 
that's no longer protected. And the issue is not like, like the, the, the issue is like who, who, like, how are you determining who is protected, who's not? And I think the sad reality is most people are determining who's protected by an intersectional hierarchy. That's how they're determining mm-hmm. who's protected. Yeah. And so really, like when you think about it that way, like you're trained to protect sexual deviance because society tells you you must protect them. Right, right. But then like racists have no protection like from you, right? And in fact, like you throw like a church under the bus who is going to harbor, right? Harbor and coddle. <laughs> yeah racist right? so but then that tells you that like hey you need actually a consistent principle here that you're going to apply in every single scenario and what is it and i think like the issue is like like all sinners are welcome into the church but you're not welcome to commit abominations mm-hmm. in the church yeah yeah so like you're not allowed you're not welcome to come and smoke up smoke you know um smoke your joint while you're in the middle of the church service like so yeah like um, drug addicts, they're welcome. They're not welcome high, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't shoot up in the middle of a service, right? You, porn addicts, you know, you're welcome to come, but, you know, you're you're going to get confronted at some point and you're not welcome to watch porn in the middle of a service. Right, So, right. you know, um, quote unquote, you know, um, cross-dressers, they're welcome to come. They're not welcome to come and cross-dress. Uh, you know, a, a, a uh, same-sex couple, they're welcome to come. They're not welcome to come and hold hands and show same-sex affection. Uh, while they're while in the middle of the service, so like um, you're welcome to come, like and as an individual who is going to not flaunt your immorality in everyone's face, though. Right. Okay. Well, Tim, we appreciate you giving us the answers to those questions. Um, we appreciate all you guys who listen to us week in and week out, and who support us through various different ways, whether that's on social media, or you support us financially, or even just by listening and and liking and commenting on the videos that we're putting out and whatnot all that goes a really long way and so uh if you do want to support us that that is a good free way to do it is just comment on our videos like the videos just because it seems like youtube uh really really likes that uh with the algorithm and whatnot so we appreciate all the support that you guys give to us and we look forward to seeing you on the next one this has been another episode of bible bashed We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. Thank you.